I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Niler Nine podcast. It's myself, Niall, here, and with me is Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are we doing? Good. Good. Nice to be back. Yeah, we we had to take a week off last week. Uh, before I explain why, um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the uh, new album from Flying Lotus in our album of the week, Flamagra. And uh, we'll also be reviewing some uh, tracks from Bonnie Ver, uh, the return of Jai Paul, and we've got. Uh, Possibly a contender for one of the worst songs of the year mm-hmm. so far. And uh, Bonnie Iver as well is in there as well, though he is not a part of the uh, worst song contender. Thankfully. No. Um, but there is a really bad one coming up and we'll talk about that shortly. <clears throat> but in the meantime, yes, I have not been well. You've not been well. I've not been well. Um, I think uh, I was very, very sick to the point where I had this parasitic infection that just kept me at home mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to leave the house pretty much um, all last week. Uh, something I've been thinking about a lot this this year is um kind of my mantra has been energy management okay. it's like saying it to myself as in like not that like i'm 37 now right i'm and i don't feel like i'm running out of energy or anything like that but i'm trying to remind myself that i need to put the energy i do have into the right places and whether that's going to the gym getting up early um staying in bed <laughs> whatever it is uh, putting the energy in the right place and like I find this year it's been my number one. It's my theme. It's almost like my mantra. It's just like reminding yourself that you need to do these things. You need to relax. You need to shut off. You need mm. to go to bed. You need to have eight but hours sleep. But you got sleep. energy management. Yeah, I just keep saying that to myself. I, I love why. that. I'm having like, a similar thing um, yeah. where I'm like, if I'm not doing, if I, I think especially with like, you know, working with music, it's like if you're not listening to everything that comes out or the big album that comes out or if you miss anything, you kind of feel like, oh, well, what have I been doing? And it's like, it's okay 
to leave the album until next week. It's okay yeah. to take the week off. It's it's okay to be sick. Um, yeah, especially just, when you're doing like 20 different things at once. Yeah, and especially the last few weeks, there's been a lot going on. Separately to me being sick, there is a lot of um, events and things. I've had to travel a lot to Cork. Yeah. I've been down in Cork the last two weekends as well as being sick. So, And then I'm going away this weekend. So I'm always, I'm conscious of the summer, especially when it comes to the summer. There's lots of things happening. Um, it affects the time I have to work. Mm. It affects the, how you feel during the week if you're going away for a weekend or you're doing certain things. Some of it's part of the job, as in like going to DJ and doing certain things. Like I'm um, this weekend, I'm going to a little island of of Mayo to play some tunes at a little gathering called uh, Turkfest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just keep thinking a lot about that concept of like really looking after yourself, and because yeah. I probably mentioned it here before, but my wife has been has had pneumonia recently and she's currently like resting to make sure that that doesn't turn into something chronic or bad, you mm. know? Um, but it really is another reminder that you really do have to look after yourself. Yeah. And I haven't been going to as many gigs as recently, like in previous years maybe, but, or I've been very picky about what I have been going to. I have this horrible thing where I feel like I have to like go and show my face to certain things and uh, like certain things like, like festivals I say I really should go to that or should go and see that band but Mm -hmm. like ultimately I actually end up like um giving myself like almost stress in the concept of like oh encouraging myself to try and go to something even for half an hour just to be there just to check it out Um, I remember reading um an article that Louise Bruton wrote I think for Image a couple of years ago about the joy of missing out And it completely changed how I saw those kind of things like, you know, I I really should go to this gig or what if this gig ends up being the gig of the year or whatever. And it's like, or festivals as well. I'm still, I find it a bit, I find festivals a bit difficult. I enjoy them enough, well enough Mm -hmm. while I'm there, but I find them a little bit difficult. A lot of people and I don't do well in like crowds of big, big people. And then you get this feeling like, oh, I'm failing as a music journalist because I'm not going to these festivals. And it's like, no, it's it's okay to not go. It's it. There is a certain joy in staying home. Like the w- weekend just passed, June Bank Holiday weekend, everyone I knew was either at a wedding, at Primavera or at Forbidden Fruit. And I was just at home and I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is just wonderful. <laughs> I get to just rest and sit on my couch and watch tv series and actually just switch off and take time off um but yeah the joy of missing out is is something that I have had like ticking over in my head especially with like festivals and things like that I'm like it's it's not only okay to not go you can actually enjoy not going it's fine you know I think for summer especially the the problem I have is that you know I feel like I have to be at these things and I am trying to remind myself that I don't no but I definitely feel like there's it's really hard to shake that feeling that yeah you should be there you should be at this like you should show your face at something. I think a lot exhausting. of people who work in the arts feel that way about yeah. A when you're when your job, which is like obviously a blessing and a really lovely thing, that is something that you really enjoy. Um, but when it your social life is the same as your job, yeah, that can it's be very hard. difficult to figure mm. out like what what should you do. Like you probably just need to do nothing, yeah. something completely different. I've started playing video games again, for example, just oh, to like what are you playing? 
Oh, just PlayStation stuff like FIFA and things. Oh, just okay. like just completely different because it's mm. not like not work related. Even like sometimes like watching TV shows and yeah. can feel like work, you know, especially yeah. as we're discussing like the likes of Game of Thrones. Not as it in its work, but you know, like it's obviously very enjoyable. But it's uh, still kind of a big cultural thing that it just feels something that's uh, similar in a, a culture. Yeah, pop culture. It's in the lane yeah. of what I'm like. You have um, to have a take on it. Yeah, you have yeah, to figure yeah. out what your take is. Yeah. Whereas, like you, you don't write or review or do anything to do with video games so it's like oh this can just be for me yeah know? exactly and yeah. It's, it happens in a separate place and it's away from my, the office and all that kind of stuff i'm so. kind of like that with books i don't like yeah. review books or anything like that so w- when i read books it's like it's just my thing i get yeah. to read like bad books and like them <laughs> like I, I don't have to only you know yeah. read the the zeitgeist Criti- stuff critically acclaimed ones. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so well, what we talk about, um, there's a couple of things been happening in music um, at the moment. Uh, first thing that happened this week was that Apple announced that it was going to uh, change iTunes, not kill iTunes necessarily, which was the rumors about what was going to happen. The main thing that people thought was going to happen is that the uh, iTunes uh, download store would close completely. Mm. And that has turned out to be not true currently, um, which is good news for anyone who's ever spent money <laughs> buying music because uh i'm sure i don't know the figures on it but um at one point it was hu- clearly huge the download store and the itunes popularized the download of mp3s and all that kind of stuff um for me personally so what's happening is um uh, apple are siloing off the three different types of uh, media offerings they have apple music it'll be apple podcasts and apple tv three to separate apps that'll debut in their new ios in september why does this matter uh, for most people maybe it doesn't anymore because most people have moved on to streaming and the ownership of music is less important to them hmm. or maybe your ownership uh, means vinyl and that's it um or maybe you don't care about owning things anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's so, that was kind of for me, like personally. So I, so as a DJ, right? So I will use iTunes to host my music and back it up and be a library that I can use between different computers. Um, it's almost as a, an, a fail safe in case you, like your hard drive goes down, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you'll always have that music. So I like that part of it. Um, so for me, I'm happy to hear they're not getting rid of that. So this was some means that the syncing of music that I've collected, the many uh, thousands of, I think I'd looked at it recently and it was like, you have like, oh, a set 80,000 songs. No, actually that doesn't even sound right. There's probably a lot more than that. Um, yeah. I think it'll probably tell me if I look at iTunes here, but uh, there's so many different like, it's, I still haven't found an alternative system just to uh, ho- hold my music, essentially. So, mm. Oh, sorry. I have uh, 88.7 days of music on this computer at the moment. So like um, 30,000 songs um, and there's many, many more in the cloud as well. Yeah. Um, so I, as far as I know, that's good. That's good news for me. <laughs> but it is weird um, that, you know, I mean, I guess we are getting to that point where just streaming is going to take over everything, but the only thing it's not going to take over at the moment is like um, DJing. Yeah. You know, so there's still obviously download stores. Yeah, you can't have the Wi-Fi going down in the middle of a set. Like no. you, you can't be risking that. There are some programs that do stream music from Spotify directly to uh, your DJ that, equipment. That's which, risky. That's yeah, so you'd have risky. To be on a, you have to be on a laptop. Um, yeah. And it's basically if you're taking requests and mm. somebody asks you something specific. Um, and you don't have it and you're like oh, you want to play it for them for whatever yeah. reason um, for me this iTunes thing is I, I don't use iTunes um, to listen to music 
ha- like hardly ever unless I'm unless I've been given a stream to review that obviously isn't out on streaming yet um and I have to like download it and listen to it through iTunes on my laptop that's the only time I ever use it because I find the user interface impossible. <coughs> I feel like an old person when I'm using iTunes. I can't find anything. I just never got my head around it. Like I used to use like Winamp years <laughs> ago when I had like my, and I was happy out with Winamp because you can like customize it. And I just have like my hard drives of music. And I'd, if I wanted to listen to some music, I'd plug it into my laptop and I'd listen on Winamp and that suited me fine. But um, maybe with this new update, it'll be yeah, well, easier it's been, to use. It's been bloated for a long, long time. Like, yeah. Even, like listening to podcasts on, on iTunes is an absolute chore. They make it so difficult. So they like, have addressed that. That's thank you to really. anyone who listens to us on iTunes because <laughs> you have to, you probably have to click like 40 different things to get to listen to an yeah, episode. Yeah, it's not like, easy. It's so not easy. hard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't use, I just use an app now to yeah. listen to stuff on my phone, but I don't download um podcasts on itunes anymore but yeah um, but there was yeah. this mass panic that everybody would lose all their music which i feel like obviously that's not going to happen apple aren't gonna like get rid of music that you've paid for that's no not but they definitely option. will presumably in the new update and even i find the in- interface for apple music pretty poor yeah as well uh, on the itunes uh, interface so presumably this new version will also address that but it also means that they're going to really try and push apple music again in the same way like even i find like i went to try and listen to like some of the beats one radio station stuff and mm. it's even on the app on the phone it's really hard to find exactly yeah, it's quite what clunky. it looks like generic stuff it doesn't look like real radio shows they don't do a good job of making it feel like a live radio station yeah. or something that you can click back into like i always listen to the too many djs uh, radio shows not that they do them that often but they are there and they're great but it's kind of like it's everything's kind of hard to find and there's yeah. no a to z for anything and and there is a schedule, but like it's not clear in your phone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like it's I like, think if Apple are going to try to centralize um, music podcasts and TV is the other one, is it? Yeah. Um, if they're going to try and do that, they're going to have to do a lot of work on their like UX and just general, like just the usability of it. Because like I'm, I'm not like, I, I'm a digital native, <laughs> you know, like the, it, I, I don't tend to find things difficult to use. Like I tend to pick up a phone and know how to use it. I like pick up whatever bits of technology I'm able to figure out how to use them. But iTunes has just been my Everest in the past and I just could never get my head around it. So maybe Apple Music will get a nice a nice makeover and might start using it again. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. I, I remember I, I only really used it when um, Frank Ocean released music. And I think when... Taylor Swift brought out in 1989 because like I, if things aren't on Spotify I'm like oh I have to get a bloody Apple Music subscription now <laughs> this is very annoying but um that's how they yeah, get you that's how they get you well you know with the with downloading now obviously less important than it ever was the streaming mm. obviously number one and um, that also means the knock-on effect for a lot of artists is that it's hard to make a living yeah but would many of those artists out there in the world turn to a life of crime to make their breakthrough? As we have turned out this Baltimore singer, Chad Focus, this week, <laughs> um, who allegedly spent 
$4.1 million on his company credit card to fund his music. He now faces up to 20 years in federal prison. So <laughs> Chad Focus uh, is a kind of a dance producer. He has a song called Who, Dance With Me. That was Who's his company? Who is the company that he It's saw not from? clear here. He said he was a, spe- it says he is an SEO specialist at unnamed company. Ah. So um, he, ch- he goes under the name Chad Focus, right? Um, that's his uh, performer name as well as uh, his, uh, well, his real name is uh, Arrington, Chad Arrington. Um, he has a, his biggest claim to fame so far is that he has a T-Pain remix of a song and that his uh, song featured on the Billboard Dance Club chart last year. Um, but in, due to this uh, federal grand jury indictment, we have uh, found out that he allegedly used a company credit card to make over $4.1 million in unauthorized purchase, many directly connected to his music career. He faces uh, charges of conspiracy, wire fraud and aggravated identity theft. Um, he ah, pitchfork have a story on him. He's claiming that uh, he was employed as an SEO specialist, and uh, along with four unnamed co-conspirators, used a company issued American Express card to spend millions in fraudulent purchases. Uh, what did he do between January 2015 and August 2018? He allegedly used company money to promote his music, purchase audio equipment, artificially increase plays on Spotify and other streaming services, purchase followers and views for a social media platform. <laughs> And uh, purchase billboards, which there are photos of. <laughs> purchase billboards. Yeah. And That's he, so blatant. I sort of love it. I sort of love it. <laughs> he really the, didn't like his job. The balls that takes well, to do that, you he's know. He's now going to possibly He's following spend, his dreams, Yeah, man. all the way to prison. All the way to prison. <laughs> he apparently also allegedly spent more than $250,000 on the company credit card in purchase to a bike sharing business. I saw that <laughs> much, which I found a bit strange. Also, he, he's taken after the, uh, the Billy from Firefest. I think he's just like spending money to make money trying yeah. to. Uh, the indictment claims that the credit card was also used for concert tickets, travel and other nightlife expenses. Um, <laughs> Arrington and his co-conspirators also face allegations of funneling payments to one another. So there's that there you too. You're, so, you're, you're on the jury. I'm on the jury. What would you do? What, well, what are you doing? I don't think this is one of those cases that has a jury, but hypothetically... How, how are you finding him? Guilty or not guilty? Well, he should be guilty for buying followers and views for his social media He's platforms. an SEO specialist. He knows best. Yeah, he should know better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the SEO stuff, I worked I worked at a company once and they were spending like 20 grand a month on SEO stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, uh, for terms like their own company name? Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. People, I, if people are going to Google that, they're going to find it anyway. You don't need to spend money on that. I, like, I work in a marketing team and like if we do anything, it's like, but what about the SEO? Like SEO is God in marketing right now. It won't be in five years time, but um, it, it is right now. So he was probably making some bank anyway as an SEO specialist. Yeah, he must have been doing okay. He must have been doing well. I it's mean, kind of a weird unquantifiable job because like, I mean, you can kind of show that it is, it is a hard job to do. It is really hard. But it's kind of, unquantifiable in many ways because you're like okay well you can you can improve search results obviously you can do that um but it is like it's kind of like trying out different things yeah there are best practices for it for sure and we employ them doing the website and all that kind of stuff but like they change all the time and but he's just giving you know maybe maybe he was doing a really good job and there wasn't a good bonus structure (laughs) in place and he took it upon himself to just that's a lot of bonus follow his dreams you know <laughs> you don't know yeah. i for one applaud his 
candor. Okay, well, you 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 appreciate his vision. And I do. His, uh, ambition. I so do, and I'm going to listen to his music now. Okay, well, <laughs> that doesn't mean it's any good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> okay, uh, well, we move on to songs of the week. This week, our first song of the week is from Jai Paul. Uh, he is back, and finally, and uh, this is one of the two songs he released along with his uh, leaked album from 2013, which we will talk about shortly. Uh, this is called He from Joy Paul. He's back, Jai He's Paul. Back. Here two he is. songs. Um, um, this is something that's been happening, uh, you know, pretty regularly actually. Now we had two new songs from the Paul Institute mm. over the last couple of years. Every now and again, um, probably every six months or so, you get something new from the Paul Institute from Jai Paul and his brother AK Paul. And so I need to clarify. I've, I, I've been calling him Jay Paul. I think it's Jai. I don't know. Is it Jai? Because I think Jai is like the. Like original pronunciation, but I've been saying J, and now I feel foolish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm being foolish. Who knows? But yeah, he's back. I'm living for this. Yeah, um, I heard this Sunday morning driving back from Kinsale. I was like, yes, I'm glad to hear this. I think it is with with Jai Paul generally, and um, just because the music is so sporadic, I just appreciate it when he comes back and mm. releases something, and he totally does his own thing. So and. I just love that sound that he does. And if maybe, funny enough, I was thinking about this on Sunday morning before I realized that he had really re-released officially the album. from Well, released the released. album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He officially put it up on streaming services enough for download. Um, the 2013 album that he, uh, that was allegedly uh, robbed from his laptop. Um, which, you know, look, it, it sounded like such a, a reach at the time. You're like, oh. I I never thought that it was a. Did like, you not? No, I just. Why I, it, the album was clearly unfinished. Oh yeah. Oh no. Like it was, it was clear, and, and no. then and then to not follow it up with a release. I just thought it was some kind of. Um, like fuck you to the label kind of thing as if oh, they were, I don't know like they were like trying to clear these samples and like obviously there's Harry Potter samples and samples mm. from Gossip Girl and stuff like that on the album and I was just like okay obviously it's unfinished but like maybe he wanted it like that originally and maybe that's why I don't know. know I think I think like obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but when when you hear these two new tracks that he's put out it's it kind of it makes me a bit sad about the about the album that could have been had it not been leaked, which I believe it was. Um, no, I think it was, and yeah. I, we will clarify that now um, because he did he, release a statement um, about his kind of 
about the leak, about exactly what happened, uh, he, he goes through, you know, that it, he had a laptop stolen and everything. There was a police investigation. Um, and, you know, this was his debut record. He didn't really know what to do when something like this is stolen. I think a lot of people could probably relate to that. It's like, what do you do when your intellectual property is stolen? You, you can't get it back. It's a very unusual case. And yeah. that's why you kind of wonder like what happened in the background there. Is there somebody yeah. he worked with who took it off him and like uploaded it to disgrun- some disgruntled produ- co-producer or co-writer or something like that yeah. who did this to him as opposed to sim- simply like he left his laptop in a, in a cafe and they were like, oh, this is Jai Paul's laptop. Let's exactly. upload it to Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, it felt like something, There was there's some story there we don't know about. I definitely what I really getting at I definitely think. but uh, albums like that like uh, you know hi- highly anticipated debut albums like that don't leak by accident you know there's no. there's something sinister afoot because like he was all over music blogs like when, when he was releasing music on MySpace in like the very early days before this album was even thought of like he, he was just exploding all over these like music blogs and when you've got an album like that that's so it'd be like say this year with like the Billie Eilish album like if that album leaked you're like that didn't happen by accident you know but um he in his statement he talks about the kind of the aftermath I mean it's been it's been six years since we've really heard anything from him and he says recently I've been having therapy of various kinds this has helped me to get to a place where I can begin to think about returning to music I'm thankful for that it's allowed me to understand some of what happened in 2013 a little better not through anybody else's lens but through my own and through this I've been able to acknowledge some of the trauma and grief so it seems like the his sort of stunted um entry into the world of the music industry really took a toll on him and yeah he describes it as a catastrophe yeah and, uh, and i i imagine it he said it, he had a breakdown of sorts yeah and it, it it is really unfair that you work so hard at something and you don't get to release it on your own terms and obviously fans you know they downloaded it and they were delighted with it i was one of them i was really excited about it and it's now I feel really bad because, you know, it's I didn't pay well, for that music or whatever. But yeah, but I mean, he didn't get any money from it either. No, no. But no, I think it was put up. It wasn't you didn't pay for it anyway. It wasn't offered for payment. No, no. But as in the, the, the album didn't get released. I didn't get the yeah, opportunity yeah. to like yeah. to support him. Do you know what I mean? It's a very unusual circumstance. And it's not something that I can think of that has a parallel in no. modern music at no. the moment. Other than albums being leaked all the time that are finished, but like unfinished demos i was thinking recently about um even uh watch the throne i was into a lot of that kind of music recently in the, mm. on the, in the car and i was kind of going remember like the whole story about them was that they had like these hard drives locked up in like key combinated safe boxes and, and safes yeah. and stuff and they would travel with them and they'd only open them in the hotel rooms and stuff like that stuff like that imagine like something like that yeah being found like the only one that and this is, i think is a joke the beastie boys said that because they released um, Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 and they were like, where's Hot... Everyone was like, where's Hot Sauce Committee Part 1? It was like, oh, we left it on a train that went to Minnesota or something. Sure. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> that never happened. But I think like they were like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to release it. And then they, they never have. They just decided to call it Part 2, I think, instead yeah. of actually release. And then when MCA died, obviously they decided, well, it just doesn't feel right to release it. Sure. Um, but anyway, that's separate to all that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel sorry for him. Um, yeah, and, and, and I do think that his... Um, um, his sort of reclusive thing that he has going on 
it it predates that as a marketing tactic in the way that it has been with the likes of like Frank Ocean, where it's like if, if Frank Ocean breathes too loudly, Pitchfork are writing a think piece about it. You know, like it's it it gets to the stage where one of those kind of reclusive doesn't do interview artists does anything and it makes the news. But I, I don't get the impression that it's, um, that his, his reclusiveness is in any way contrived or anything like that. No, I don't think so. He just seems like a down to earth, like sound boy who's just had a tough time of it. And now he's like, well, you know, here's the album, I guess. And here's two songs off it that I've actually finished. I've actually mastered them. And here you go. And they're both unreal. Like they're they're so, so good. They're both contenders for songs of the year. Like just such a strong statement on his part. And to, to put up the, the album with the, all, all the tracks with like, is it unfinished next to them? Did they all say that? I'm not sure. Um, um, or or demo or something next to them. It's just it's it's just a little bit of a nod that it's like you know this yeah. this wasn't released with my yeah. With they all just say unfinished. Unfinished, yeah. 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 Um, um, I did actually go and buy. I'm, I'm I mean, it's a big step for him to go and upload that uh, as an acknowledgement of what happened mm-hmm. and just to make it available to kind of own that. Um, I mean, obviously it took a long time. It took six years to for him to do that. But, yeah. um, you know, at the same time. But I'm, I can't imagine ever like having something half finished and then it being put out into the world. Like, yeah. it's, but it did, it, it it did actually, feel like a, like a random collection of music anyway that maybe wouldn't have made the album some of it. Do you know? Like they, yeah. were, it, they felt like sketches. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how they felt a lot of the time. Mm. They never, a lot of those songs didn't feel finished, finished. It they reminded were, me of... Um, it was just last week, um, the Irish author Sarah Marie Griff was tweeting about there was some like review copies of her book. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a in a bookshop in Dublin. And, you know, a, a lot of authors were kind of having their say with that saying, this is unfinished work. Like the idea that your draft of something is going to be out there in the world and people are judging it as if it's a finished piece yeah. is really horrible and puts the artist in like such you're already in a vulnerable position releasing art and to have like unfinished work put out there without your consent like must be such a horrible horrible thing um and he is totally owning it by doing this and I think it's it's such a positive step and I hope it leads to him being able to kind of close this chapter and move on and and start making music on his own terms now. Well, if you want to support Jay Paul financially, you can actually do it with great <laughs> under great duress on his website. Oh my god, his website! <laughs> What's the story? He's selling um, like vinyl. Cup. A lot of the vinyls are actually uh, gone already. But, it took me um, over ten minutes to buy that LP <laughs> on his, on his he's, website. Yeah, he's releasing twelve inch versions of some of like the the big songs like Jasmine and BTSU again, but also. Some of the new ones, which are well gone. They were gone yeah. by the time I got near computer. Uh, some not very good looking t-shirts. No, some dodgy looking t-shirts and posters. Um, and he's also released an AI version of Jasmine. It's so good. So I only had a quick look and listened to that. It's basically like a generative AI version. Yeah, it's like a, a machine learning algorithm that takes all the different kind of, I don't know, like pieces of the song and... Like when, when you go on to his website, there's a, a page on it that you can 
like click into and it plays the song but it it keeps generating the song so it's it's an infinite loop of jasmine um but put together i think maybe differently every time um because of ai or machine learning or something i don't know the science um but it's amazing i i put it on today while i was at work i was like writing a blog post or something and uh put it on and then I realized I'd been listening to it for like 25 minutes and hadn't even noticed it just kind of washed over me fantastic if you need to get shit done cool Cool, that is uh, Jay Paul and or, or Jay Paul, who you want or to call, Paul, call him, however you like. Yeah, um, and great to hear some new music from him again, and uh, we wish him the best. And I would love to hear more, so please keep it up. Um, and so there you go. We also had some new music from Bonnie Ver this week. He had two new tracks as well. This is one of them called "Hey Ma." So that is brand new music from Bonnie Ver, who has not been resting on his laurels in the last couple of years since he released uh, 22 a million in 2016. He's been doing loads of stuff. Uh, he had an album out with uh, one of the Desners as Big Red Machine. He's been doing lots of stuff with People, the project um, that is about collaboration, playing um, various festivals and uh, just turn up wherever he wants, really. And uh, Dre, what do you think of this song? How does this stack up for his first post Bonnie Bear, post 22 million Bonnie Bear song? It is that, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's his first as just Bonnie Bear, I think. Um, yeah, so 22 million is one of my like favorite albums of the past 10 years, easily. I absolutely loved it when it came out and I still return to it a lot. This feels like it's harkening back to kind of pre 22 million Bonnie Bear sound it's very gentle it's very impressionistic and um it's just a a kind of a straightforward Bonnie Bear song and I don't think there's anything really wrong with that um it still has some of that uh strange uh, interesting texture from the album yeah the same producer yeah there is that kind of otherworldly um kind of nod um it's not you know just Vernon with a guitar um like a restacks thing it's it's definitely post 22 a million but nostalgic for the kind of emma days um i can't see him going back there really no no me neither so i i don't think that this is you know like the big return in any way i 
I wouldn't even be surprised if this wasn't, you know, part of an album. Yeah, this feels like it's just a... I it's just a standalone, I, I had this song, here you go, kind of thing. Um, and I'm I'm happy for it. It's, it's lovely, it's straightforward, it's... You know, it's not going to be on a list of my favorite Bonnie Bear tracks or anything, but it's I, I'm I'm glad to have it in the world. Song about calling your ma, pretty much. I I love when Americans have like ma and <laughs> I like we can't not read it as ma. Do you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, hey ma. ma. Hey, ma. <laughs> <laughs> he also released a song called uh, "You Man Like." There you go. I haven't also, listened to that yet. It's kind of similar vein to that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, always nice to hear something new from Justin Vernon and for in, under the Bonnie Verner, Bonnie Vernon name even more so. Yeah. So we'll move on to our next track of the week. This is from a brand new from Rosalia. It is called Haute Couture. <laughs> Rosalia song is all out couture as a one-off song from Rosalia. Andre, are you ready for this? I don't really like it. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to hear your take on this as the resident Rosalia expert yeah, look, and enthusiast. Pretty much, she can do no wrong for me in the last year and a half. I think this is the first time I'm like, I don't know what this is, and I know the video is a whole other thing. It's about uh, getting your nails done and the culture around that. And um, I got my nails done recently. There you go. That's cool. Um, but. <laughs> As a song, I don't think it works very well. Um, it has some nice elements to it. Again, I really like her vocals a lot, and I love her the way she works with melody. But just the, the production on this doesn't really work for me. Um, it's very busy, and mm. it's very. It, it, she kind of gets lost in the mix, and a voice like hers does not need to be lost in a mix. Um, I guess I, I want to run really more like. Not, not. I'm not like 100% worried about this yet, but like I am concerned that like she's moving so fast mm -hmm. in terms of she started this like the flamenco singer and then the album came out only last year, last summer, not even last summer, um, August or September. Maybe it was actually autumn. I, th it? I think it was late in the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it was late. It was like October, November. And here we are, like like six, seven, eight months later, and it feels she, like she's had like five different sounds. She, yeah, she's gone. Then. She's yeah. gone full pop to the point where it's like, hold on, 
relax yeah <laughs> like bring it back a bit you yeah. like i i know um this is the the world that we live in now people have to feel like they maybe have to release music uh constantly in order to keep the attention up but at the same time i feel like rosalie needs to calm down and uh relax a bit and just uh enjoy yourself <laughs> yeah i I, f- I felt like this song was just kind of completely inconsequential i i didn't find a whole lot to hate in it I didn't find a whole lot to love in it it just feels it sounds to me like just background music it it yeah like I, she had a reggaeton song with Jay Balvin which I actually really liked and I don't like reggaeton at all and we yeah. discussed about that here a couple of months ago um and I was okay with that it was like a once-off track and I thought that worked really well yeah I see I, I wasn't I wasn't that into that either I I sort of like her as a as a pop artist who does the more kind of interesting flamenco stuff as opposed to doing pop music in Spanish. Do you know? It's, yeah, I don't know. This this just felt like a very, very generic song for me. I haven't been on board with much of what she's done since the album. I love the album. Um, haven't been that on board with things that she's done since. And I definitely agree that she could do with just sort of taking a bit of a step back, thinking about what her next move is and not, you know, jumping into every collaboration that comes her way. She's yeah, apparently all, like, she's huge Billie Eilish now. coming and there's other songs as well. I'd, uh, I'd be up for hearing her, her work with Billie Eilish. She had a song on the um, celebrated Game of Thrones soundtrack. Oh yeah, that was a hit, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I yeah I I'm I I've listened to this song I'd say fifteen times. That's more than I have. And like, I I I couldn't sing it back to you now. Do you know? It's yeah. just it's kind totally of like this frantic lost two and a half three minute like pop song that just doesn't really have the chops. Yeah, doesn't go anywhere for me. Doesn't do it. Yeah. Well, that's sorry, Rosalia. That's disappointing. From, from She's still me, you know um, open invitation. You. To guest on the podcast anytime yeah, she wants, but uh, <laughs> I still want to see her. I still want to see her live. Oh, and I definitely. I think her live show is probably will make uh, will make my uh, tear ducts uh, well up. Yeah, um, and I think like she's so good. The thing that would sort of concern me is like it, maybe if you're going to see her live, it kind of has to be on this album, just in case she does keep going in this like very generic pop direction. We mightn't hear a lot of those really interesting cuts yeah. from her older work and from the album just gone. She is playing in July in London because um, I was kind of hoping she'd be announced for Electric Picnic but that has not happened mm-hmm. um, but she's playing on a Monday in July in, in just go um, man. Yeah but it's completely <laughs> sold out and like there's no you, it's one of those gigs where you can't buy tickets they're all digital and oh. it's I, I've, I've, I tried the PR route so if anyone has a ticket for Rosalie in London <laughs> give me a shout will you? I'll go over um, but yeah that's Rosalie song called Out Couture now to finish our songs of the week, we have p- what possibly might be one of the worst songs of the year. This is the worst song of the year. Let's just play it.
Dre, what is this absolute clatterfuck? It's the worst sound of the year, Niall. It's it's uh, it's very bad. It's Charlie XEX who I have. It's Charlie XEX as one and uh, of the singer, and then there's a guy called Herve Pages, uh, and then Diplo is also involved just... as well. You should have known there's something wrong. This is called Spicy. Obviously, there's a reason for that. You know, in the time where like Spice Girls have done a comeback and they just played Ireland and and they're doing a reunion tour, this is obviously the right time to do a Spice Girls kind of tribute. But this is not it. This is not it. This ain't it. This is really, really kind of it's it's not quite so bad it's funny it's it's it still lingers around so bad it's infuriating like i really like charlie xcx i think she's great like boys last year was one of my songs of the year i i love her and i think she she does interesting stuff with pop music she's an interesting pop star um if i i reckon this is like a a a joke Thing. It doesn't feel like a joke. Have you seen? I, I, think I mean, it the video, the video kind of suggests it is a bit of a joke. Yeah, it's got this, I feel like, like this. This is what a meme sounds like. But yeah. I, I'm too old to understand the meme. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. This made me feel a hundred years old. I was like, I, I can't, I can't connect with this. Is it like all. made for you, like very young teens who have no concept of who the Spice Girls are? It's like the way Billie Eilish was kind of talking about Spice Girls. She's like, I thought they were a fake band. I thought they were like a made up band. Billie Eilish was? Yeah, she thought they were like the monkeys or something. (laughs) Yeah, because of the film and stuff, which, you know, kind of makes sense in a way. I can't believe anyone knows the Spice Girls from the Spice Girls film. That's (laughs) mental. (laughs) But yeah, no, this is is horrendous, horrific. Burn it. Get rid of it. Let it be stricken from the record. Well, I think we're going to mark this as officially the contender for the worst song. Yeah, this is the one to be. So um, we may revisit it because it's going to take a lot of beating for that. Yeah. For anything to if you've heard bad as this, if you've heard worse, let us know. Especially from people who like Diplo is a mixed bag at the best of times these Mm. days. But you know he's pretty adept at making music. But this is just fucking awful. It's so bad. Um, and the video as well, it's got this like uh, fake vaporwave thing with dolphins and they're all like doing these dance moves. In yeah, this again, crap, that, um, it might be a meme though. Like we don't know. Like we <laughs> yeah, don't, we, we don't might, We might know. be too old. We might be too old to understand I actually this. looked at the comments on all of the uh, YouTube stuff. And it's I just all dolphin emojis. <laughs> I didn't see anything <laughs> negative about it. I was like, I what's wrong? Why is nobody saying <laughs> yeah, this is terrible? I saw lots of people be like, oh my God, Charlie, Queen, she can do no wrong and i'm like ah now i i like charlie but yeah. like i i don't know if this is it hon like this is not yeah this is not it um and god when the chorus kicks in with that um vocal pitching of um melby's yo from from the original song it's just it grates on me like it really did anger me today yeah. it made me mad Right, well, I won't argue any more. <laughs> yeah, bad. no, I'm furious. Uh, why is, Why are no more people just uh, saying this is bad? Is, like, is there no one on it saying I haven't bad? seen anything Jesus. saying uh, um, this is bad. Maybe they're like um, heavily curating the, the comments. Beat is great though, lol. No, it's not. No. Sorry. Comment there and say it's bad. <laughs> I like dolphins. The dolphins are in it. <laughs> I like, I, 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 yeah, right. If we're to take one good thing about it is that dolphins are kind of okay. Generally, well, I find this very fishy, so um, we're not, <laughs> not going to discuss it anymore. <laughs> That's it for songs of the week. Shall Thank we move God. on? 
Um, this is, uh, it is we're going to talk about our album of the week, which is from uh, Flying Lotus. It is called Flamagra. It is its sixth album from Stephen Ellison. And here is one of the songs featuring Anderson Pack. This is called More. Till I finally understood that I was spinning my hoop Rather spinning my wheels Getting up in my ears But still I feel like a kid When I'm fucking with you Young nigga gotta live That's the motto they use Without them niggas still live In they mama's back room So I'm back in my stoop Looking up at the stars When they reminisce over you That's when I got out of That is Flying Lotus, song called More with Answer Back. Here's another song, because this album is actually 67 minutes long mm. and 27 tracks, so going to give you another bit of a flavor from it. This is Black Balloons, Black Balloons Replies featuring Denzel Curry. The Big Bang happened when the Black Balloon ignited. I feel the pain shoulder to shoulder as I was knighted. The night turns to day and my days don't seem the brightest. It's like itis, I want to take a bite of what life is. If the president fuck around and piss off ISIS, So, Flying Lovers Flamagra album is his sixth studio album, his first in five years. It features contributions from Anderson Pike and Denzel Curry, as you heard there, but also George Clinton, uh, Little Dragon, Tierra Wack, Shabazz Palaces, Thundercat, Torumwa, and Solange, as well as a band that he has been using on tour and in the studio in the last uh, six, seven years as well, including Thundercat. And uh, um, so, um, I have seen almost. Uh, well, almost, because I, I went looking for it today. I saw nothing but positivity for this album, I have to say, uh, since it came out. Oh, we were going to review it last week until I was too sick to leave the house. And so we had another extra week to listen to the 67 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing, Dre, you found this a chore. So while we talked about Charlie XCX having the worst song of the year, I think that this album is the biggest grower of the year. Like this, it took... Had we reviewed this last week, I would have said a lot. I would have ha- I would have held a very different opinion of it. It I definitely needed the extra week with it. Yeah, I think because it's so long as well. You really yeah. Need to... it, not, not only that, I think you know the first couple of times I listened to it, um, it just felt far too disjointed and sporadic for me. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't hook on to that central theme. So he he was he, he's talking like. The whole thing about the album is that the central theme of it is this like flame on a hill or something that he he couldn't he he himself couldn't find the central theme of it. And then he worked with um, with David Lynch uh, on his 
appearance on the album which is amazing and I and I love that track um and then he 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 kind of found what that theme was I still can't I can't bind it all together around that theme I still find it a little bit too disjointed um however I've found that with more listens I'm less upset about there being less jazz on it and I'm more open to the kind of darker moments of the album like like the David Lynch um track the fire fire is coming um the and black balloons that we heard just there as well and the the Solange track land of honey like the the darker moments of it in in production and just the kind of that kind of deep sludgy atmosphere of it those were the moments that I felt yeah there's real substance here I I think I only really felt that about maybe a third of the album and the rest of it I I could have left on the on the cutting room floor to be honest or right. had in a different LP um as as an album I don't think it achieves a sort of a central message or a narrative or anything like that um but I also don't think it works as you know small cuts because it's too long. Yeah. Um, so it's lying somewhere in the middle for me, but it di- it really did grow on me. So if anyone had had the same kind of, I was actually talking to a, a, a guy in work. I was like, if you listen to the new record and he was like, I turned it off after the, after the first listen. I couldn't, couldn't get my head around it. And I was kind of imploring him to give it another go because I, I, I do think that there's, there's really, really excellent stuff to be found here, but you kind of have to work for it. Yeah, I have no problem with uh, working uh, on an uh, artist that of whose music I like to mm. enjoy it because so that can be very rewarding. But I'm still finding uh, two weeks in and what twenty lessons in that this is not really grabbing me in the same like way. If this was a debut LP, if you if you didn't know Flying Flying Lotus's work previous to this, would you have stuck with it? Um, I think it has enough going on because he's such a talented producer and a magpie for sounds and textures that there's enough there to keep you Mm. and you would maybe forgive some of the lesser moments on it because of that Mm. Um, because it's just there's a song here with Tierra Wack which I think is absolutely awful don't get it Um, it is really bad and uh, it's one of the perils of like somebody like Tierra Wack who has a very clear aesthetic and has a allowed herself to work with somebody different and gave up to uh, her sound to that process. And in that process, what's basically happened is that she's buried in the mix. She sounds nothing like herself mm. and it's terrible. And her the lyric, lyrics are really, really her bad. Her lyrics are bad as well. Like, um, let's play a bit from it just to give you a, a clue what we're talking about because it's kind of hard to uh, figure out what we're talking about if you're not, like, if you haven't heard it. Um, it's just the flavor of this song. It's called Yellow Belly. I'm a firm believer, Bible reader, very eager, brain feeder, heard you need a visa, don't desert your leaders, rare like a purple beater, I'm Teresa, nice to meet you, bye Felicia, diarrhea, I'm a dot just like a Leo, in the sky, I'm so high, everyone looks up to me, you a virgin, you cannot, I put my titties in his face, titties in his face, he's got titties in his face. 
Yeah. So like it's funny because at, at at the beginning of the bit that you played there, I actually really like her flow there. I like her delivery there, and I like how it works with the beat. But then it just loses the run of itself completely, and it it like degrades into this like kind of just very silly lyric yeah. with kind of nearly too much space around it. Like you, that's, that's not the lyric that you need to be foregrounding in that way. Like if, if you're going to have such heavy production on it and, and you're going to let that up for a moment, do it at a moment that's impactful. Don't do it at a moment where it's just this kind of throwaway silly lyric. Do you know, I think that that song kind of really annoyed me for that. Cause I'm like, there's, there's not a lot of moments on the album where it lets up. And when it does let up, it should be for a reason, you know, like that. The instrumental there is, is pretty much like flying Lotus one one He's yeah. kind of like disjointed jazzy electronic vibe that he's really good at. And I don't, I don't hate the beat on it at all. I just no. don't think the two of them work well together. And there's a lot of moments on the album where I'm like, this is really kind of what you'd like, even that uh, I love the Anderson Pack song more, but I, I also feel like this is, and I've no problem with it because like flying as, as a producer is such a unique talent. I'm okay with him sounding like himself a lot. Yeah. Um, and he is, he does do that a lot on this album where maybe the last uh, album, You're Dead, didn't have quite, it did feel like something more new and more nuanced than uh, his previous work or, and I think we're both coming on from it from different angles. Like you like the jazzy stuff and I like the electronic yeah, stuff. Like, I, I, I love You're Dead because it just felt like it sounded so fresh to me at the time. It, it, it was like, jazz and hip-hop and strange beats that I never really heard anything like it before and it doesn't like maybe towards the end of this album you kind of do get like hints of of that kind of jazz aesthetic and I'm not saying he needs to do that with every album but I, I think I was hoping for just a little bit more of that world within it. Yeah. See, I'd probably be the opposite because yeah. my favorite Flying Lotus album is still Los Angeles. His mm. like brain feeder breakthrough, and that's pretty much all electronic and um his way with beats and this disjointed nature of those things is something that I think he really excels at. But I think it's fine he can find it really hard to do that across uh, thematically across an album and a, mm-hmm. in a cohesive way. And this is an example of an album that just like there are moments there are tr- like the track two uh, post requisite. It's a pretty standard um, flying lot of songs, but I kind of love it. And I'm all cool with that. It's like an instrumental. It works really well. Um, and then there's other songs like the George Clinton one, I think works quite well. Yeah. Little Dragon, that one works quite well. The Denton Curry Shabazz Palace is kind of the Shabazz Palaces thing, they just oh consume a song whenever they're on it and they just yeah. sound like themselves. Um, but, and then this kind of, like there's songs towards the end, um, like the Thundercat one, which just sounds like a Thundercat song. Um, there's a lot of like short uh, 90 second tracks in there that maybe don't need to be there necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I love the Solange track. I love the Solange track. And I think that's a fine example of somebody doing something where they are totally able to bring jazz and electronic music together in a way mm. that's really interesting. It's got the choral voices. It's got Solange kind of not really doing an awful lot, but not needing to because the atmosphere she's, she's is there. She's sort of like laid over this like really intense atmosphere with this like rich cello and these strings and this like longing otherworldly gloominess to it that I just think it's like production wise a highlight of the album definitely and it it showcases where he works well with uh, w- when he's collaborating and like contrast that to to the Tierra Wack 
track. Like th- th- those two songs don't feel like they should be anywhere near the same album as each other, you know, and they're they're far away in the, in the spacing of the track list, but it's still that's the kind of disjointed thing that that I mean when I say that like I can't get my head around what the central theme is because I I can't find it in the production I can't find it in the lyrics I don't I think it's there I think that's tacked on and it's I it's think kind so of too him because he did the David Lynch thing and, yeah I mean the, the story of that mm. oh I met David Lynch and he gave me my theme for yeah my album. that's that's the, a story yeah like, yeah and the art and it gave him the press shot where he, where there's a flame in it and mm. maybe some of the artwork stuff yeah but it's by I don't think this is uh, his best work overall. No. I, but I think there is because of the nature of him as a producer, and because he's one of a kind, and because like his background, he's the grand nephew of Alice Coltrane, all that kind of stuff. He has some of that cosmic magic in his music that he's able to tap into. Yeah, it's just at not best, all here. Yeah, and at worst, it just kind of sounds like it doesn't really work. And yeah, like at, at worst, he's making generic beats which and like I I don't mean generic as in like like there's nothing on here that's really bad you know it's just it just sounds some of it just sounds bad when compared to the brilliance of some of the rest of it so I think it could have done with just a bit more editing and being cut down a bit more yeah I, I I every time I listen to it I find I get myself like halfway through and I go oh god we're nowhere near finished this yeah and, and there's no there's no real moments of like lightness or anything on it there's no there's no break from the kind of it's it's very on top of you all the time you're like okay if if, if it's gonna be how many tracks is it 20 27, 27 tracks like you'd expect it to maybe be laid out a little bit so, so that there is those like peaks and troughs um in in either the narrative or like the kind of the sonic world of it whereas this it just kind of feels like you're like sludging deeper into this like moss <laughs> I don't know and <laughs> it's like sonic moss that's what I'm going with and yeah it's just it it can feel a bit too heavy at times okay I think there's a lot here to recommend it but it's definitely not um his best work overall but yeah. look uh that's a that is a high bar i think there's a lot of uh, flying lotus uh music to be recommended on this uh i would be interested to see how he's doing this live he actually apparently was going to make this electronic album primarily but then he brought in the jazz musicians so um uh it is kind of maybe contributes to the disjointedness of it mm. So that is their album of the week, Flying Lotus, mixed bag, really. But uh, I think there's plenty of good stuff in, in there, including this song, as we mentioned, uh, featuring Solange. This is Land of Honey.
So that is our album of the week, Flying Lotus Flamagra, and uh, we leave that one there. And now, Dre, as it is customary on the pod, it is time to ask you what have you been reading, watching, and listening to this week? Um, so I have been reading um Other Words for Smoke by Sarah Marie Griff. Um, it's very good. I'm 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 only at the beginning of it, so I'll hold off um giving any kind of review. But um really enjoyable so far, just kind of dark. There's a scary owl in the wallpaper and it's very scary and strange and Irish and good. Um, I'm still watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know we're on season six now, so we're nearly there. Um, but now TV took it down. So we have to use like dodgy streaming sites, um, which I'm not happy about. They but took it down already. Yeah. Yeah. So they must have only had the... Um, I know. They must have only had the deal with, with HBO up until like to let let people like catch up or whatever and then yeah it just disappeared on like the 28th of last month and we were like god's sake so yeah it's it's harder to watch now and like i'm going to dubrovnik next week with my boyfriend and i'm really afraid that we'll get there and they'll just be like because obviously a lot of game of thrones is filmed there that like somebody will spoil it he'll overhear somebody say something about it so i'm like i'm very determined that he has to see it all before he catches then. up before we go okay um, well i won't keep you much longer so you can go home and watch it. <laughs> i know yeah um and then listening to um really like the cat Bon record um went back to listen to um girl bands album today which i just enjoyed revisiting lots there, of, as lots a, fun. possibly presumably by the time this podcast out, there will be a new girl band song called shoulder blades yeah and, and that's very we're exciting to hearing that. so um yeah the news of that sent me back to um holding hands with jamie and i really enjoyed listening to that but other than that not oh i started watching 30 rock hey that's exactly what i haven't been watching for no the last way. like four or five days oh, so i've only watched like the first, I'd say, like five episodes of it. Oh god, it's like, actually so good. Still, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those shows where I've I've watched a lot of clips of the show online, like best of Liz Lemon, best of what's your man's name, Jack Donaghy. Yeah, he kills me. Um, so like I've already kind of seen a lot of it, I, and I, Carter, yeah. yeah, and I knew that I would like it. I just never got around to it. But yeah, watching it, watching it now, and it's just so. Well, I was saying recently that um, I didn't understand uh, why a lot of the TV um, uh, services didn't have box sets on their uh, mm. on their service. Uh, and Sky have finally listened to me, and they put mm-hmm. um, box sets on on their uh, service, so uh, you can now watch every single season of Thirty Rock. Yeah, uh, and that's I where am, I'm watching it. I am fucking Sky. doing that right now. Yeah, we are on season three. How many seasons are there? Oh, like seven, six or seven. This is great. This is like... There's like 20 episodes in each one. I feel like it's like being at the beginning of Parks and Recreation or The Office. I'm like, I know I'm going to love this so much. It's great. It's It's really good. And you know what? It just gets better all the time. Um, I will say there's a few dodgy gay jokes in there that we were talking about. We were like, why is this isn't funny? There's a few. Only like, I'd say there's been about three or four like very non-funny uh, gay jokes and mm. that's a bit like disappointing but generally speaking the characters are so good um, yeah the relationship between Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy and Alec Bowman and uh, Tina Fey is so 
just like lovely. Yeah. Mostly. The two of them have such hilarious. a good chemistry together, obviously. Yeah. And like even they, like somebody like Tracy, Tracy Morgan, I thought he'd be kind of annoying again, but yeah. he's, he's actually not. He's, he's who like, it all works really well. Who is the character, the, the blonde woman who had the show at the beginning? Jane Krasinski or whatever. She was in yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as well. Yeah, she's in that now. She yeah. is so Jenna, Jenna funny. is her name. Yeah. Je- like in she is just an, an absolute like Kenneth DePage and uh, Jack McBurr and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's still really, really, really good. And I am. it was a great thing to watch yeah. when I was at home. Sick. Good. It was brilliant to watch. Oh, I forgot. Another thing I watched, I went to see Booksmart. Oh yeah, we oh went to see God. that as well. It was brilliant. It's so good. It's a bit one of the best uh, buddy like teen <sighs> movies I've seen in a long time. I swear, time. I I went to see it with, with one of my best friends, which I'm so happy. I I, I went to see it with her. My, good my, choice. My friend Nadia and like we were. I haven't been that animated in the cinema in so long. Like there were moments where we were like clutching each other, laughing, and then you know. Th- not a spoiler, but there's a moment where two characters in it have an argument and it's really intense. Um, and we were both clutching each other, like crying during that part. And I, I haven't left the cinema with that big a smile on my face in a really long time. I fully recommend everybody to watch it. It is just, it's rejigged the whole genre for me. It's like people have been kind of calling it super bad for girls. It's not. It's so much better. That's because uh, she is Jonah Hill's sister, yeah, right? Which I didn't know. And yeah, then afterwards, afterwards I was like, oh, obviously. Um, yeah, the two central performances were excellent and every single supporting character in it could have could be the star of their own film. They're all absolutely hilarious. Like I laughed the whole way through. Yeah. Just Brilliant. Like, sometimes you just need to watch like a really good like teen movie basically because yeah. they're all the same template essentially yeah you know, but like, this this one was really good because it, it wasn't like we're we're the geeks and they're the cool kids which means that they're bad and we're good it's just kind of like everyone's an idiot because they're 16 do you know yeah. it's just like like yeah. everyone's just stupid because they're in school and everyone's stupid when they're in school yeah. um I, it, it was so joyful and i've been a big fan of olivia wilde for a long time so i'm just delighted that her her debut um directorial debut went off yeah it's well. a fantastic film very yeah. good have you heard anything about rocket man the elton john film I heard it's good. Yeah, I've heard that as well, but I've also heard it's terrible, so I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have um, biopic fatigue at the moment, so I'm, I'm probably not going to go near it for a while, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. I do love Elton John, though. I have been playing Are You Ready For Love? Um, I did it at a wedding over the weekend. and That uh, is one of my least favourite songs in the entire world. What? Yeah. Are You Ready For Love and Spirit Re- In The Sky? We claim it. Well, Spirit In The Sky is a terrible song. Are my two least favourite Are You Ready songs. For Love is a, is a good I song, especially in the context of a wedding. I hate it. Let me it. tell you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it goes down well, but I hate it. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've reclaimed it for myself. <laughs> good. Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, uh, yeah, I've just been watching Teddy Rock basically the last while and I'm really enjoying it. And I definitely think you should do something similar to yourself. I would. Self-care, energy management, it's all about energy management. I love this it's theme. lovely and short and <laughs> um, very, very, very funny. Uh, so that's it from us this week. I think uh, next week you're not going to be here. Jane, I'm going to be in Croatia. As we mentioned, but uh, we may have some special guests co-presenting uh, next week. Um, so come back for that. Mm-hmm. 
yet to be 100% confirmed, so I can't say anything, but uh, yes. It's Rosalia, guys. <laughs> she's she's coming be, in. We're, I'm going to have a stern talking to Rosalia about her work ethic <laughs> and energy management. She that's needs to manage her energy. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that'll be next week, and uh, we'll be off the week after that, I believe. Um, summer so has... I'll be in Venice. Yeah, oh, you're, you're still away. Great. <laughs> I'm doing my European well, tour. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure that's going to happen. We've, we've been pretty consistent with the podcasts uh, this year, so... Uh, the odd week here and there isn't uh, a bad thing to miss. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it uh, from me. And Any other business? Uh, nothing major. Uh, Spacer is still going on in on in Lost Lane. Great in night. The last two weeks have been very busy. Apparently, I have not been there because <laughs> I've been away or sick. Uh, so yeah, uh, do check that out if you're looking for somewhere to go on a Friday night in Dublin. It's in Lost Lane, which is just off Grafton Street. Um, this Friday, uh, Arvine and uh, Shimon are there as well with Peter Kelly and uh, they'll be looking after things. I think I'm possibly I'm back the week afterwards, so I might be playing there in Friday in two weeks. So there you go. Um, I'll be back. You can check uh, Spacer Dublin on Instagram for that kind of stuff, or just follow my account on Instagram. To be honest, that's where you'll see most of it. Um, and then we've got Lumo on June fifteenth. Uh, just had an inquiry for a party of fifty who oh. want to come. Oh. So we'll see about that. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing a Lumo again. We've had um mixed bag in terms of dates recently so i'm looking forward to doing a summer one i also went out and checked out jam park uh last oh, week yes was that last that week? looked very stylish yes. and cool it's very cool it is a interesting spot um it is in swords it it's is very far away yeah i mean the body tonic i met the body tonic guys there and they were talking about it and saying that you know like there's quite a big catchment of uh, locals in the area and they're hoping that that will help um bring the people in as well it definitely feels like an adult playground it's the kind of place where you mm -hmm. can go and for the daytime go have some food go play some like crazy golf or arcade stuff so i think it's isn't that what the right venue used to lack like i don't think you could it was go not there. open during the day you yeah know? they didn't do food or anything. yeah so it's no. like <laughs> if if you wanted to go to the right venue and you didn't live near swords you had to get from wherever yeah. you are to swords whereas this seems like it's a you can yeah. come out a bit earlier. It's a destination kind of space. Of I think yeah. they also, in terms of gigs, now they haven't announced a lot yet because they're not. They wanted to people to know it was. It's an event space. It's a place to go, mm. not just a gig venue. Yeah. Um, the venue is very impressive. I have to say, it's twelve hundred people. A very huge disco ball, probably the biggest in Ireland. I would say. Um, and, and you I, love a disco ball. I do love a disco ball. And Trev joked to me, and they was like, "That's why I bought the building because it's the biggest <laughs> disco ball in Ireland." I know, but um, they are planning on announcing some uh, gigs there soon. So you can see District Eight are going to announce their first gigs as well. I think the plan will be that it won't be a gig there. Maybe every Friday or Saturday night, it might be some. They're trying to make these. They're not going to be club nights there. It's going to be once-off experiences, once-off gigs, once-off early shows as well. They're talking about doing as well. Mm -hmm. So it's to see what goes in there. Um, but at the it moment, seems like an interesting thing that they're doing with the space. Yeah, for, sure. for the summer, there's going to be a series of um, day parties on the rooftop. Um, Lumo is actually doing with Optimo or our DJ heroes uh, in August on 24th of August that'll be interesting I'm looking forward to that there's also Cornell Kovacs and a few others playing throughout June and July as well so you can have a look at jam-park I think dot com and uh, if you want to have a look at the, what the pictures are like from the place we did a piece on the website uh, on 909 um, last week so you can have a look at the photos from Roisin Murphy O'Sullivan on that and that's all of our business for this that's week it. 
So I will leave you with, what are we going to leave her with? Oh yes, we're going to leave you with um, a song from Bantam. Um, uh, brand Bantam! New, brand new song from Bantam. Um, Good lad. A link up with uh, God Knows, Farah L and Ben Bix once again. Uh, this is a, a new track from all of them and it is called Strongest Thing. Thank you very much for listening. Um, come back next week and more importantly, tell all your friends about the podcast. Tell we do me. appreciate that. We've had a number of nice messages say, uh, from people recently saying that they uh, really like the podcast and they do tell their friends. So uh, if you thank are you. doing that, thank you very much. Thank I you. really appreciate that. And I really appreciate it. So this is it. This is our last song uh, for this week. Uh, back next week uh, without Dre. Enjoy your holidays, Dre. Will do. Okay, this is Bantam. Bye. Bye. Third breakdown this week I'm not talking about the Yaris I know you're embarrassed Fate pen but only when nine hits Night shift back to the cigarette regrets Relieve the stress Yes Yes I digress Got a shirt full of pants Cause I'm running from the bands When it's all too much to carry Life without relief is Freddie and Jason Too scary even in the elevator, I still take the stairs Headphones, no music, is the new self-care I gotta testify You're a safer menu with the twisty fries Fanta on J-Huss, no ice Car on Terminator, one eye Men, I'm petrified when the Lord rides by Praise God, it's an ambulance My gosh, do I hate this dance See Jeff Ennis, I'm trouble moves from person to person I'm broke adjacent, even when the rent's true It's always there, just a little late Second three or four bus, maybe three or four months Underperformance, network is nonsense That is the reason, before I can finish, I pause You can't lie, man I'm struggling Non-stop juggling, belly stops bubbling Slap on the wrist, nothing too threatening Cause I'm in too deep, sound 41 Today I missed you, not being funny but Tilly Tubby onesie when life is lousy Seeking solace from the cave of Adullam While staying away from Omigo the Gollum You kidding me? I'm a big kidney Free me from my vices, I'll give you a kidney I even wear my best smile when I go on trips No vacation, what are you chasing? More importantly, what's chasing you? Car dashboard with all of the lights on You, cuddled up with my muddled up Huddled up with my bottled up emotions Smutting up, better button up at functions I'm a pro when keeping up appearances I could have been higher since I could have been richer
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.